Chapter Thirty of the Roots of the Mountains by William Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Hallface goeth toward Rosedale. On the morrow, Face of God took counsel with Hallface and Stoneface as to what were best to be done, and they sat on the dais in the hall to talk it over. Short was the time that had worn since that day in shadowy vale, for it was but eight days since then yet so many things had befallen in that time, and to speak shortly, the outlook for the Burgdalers had changed so much that the time seemed long to all the three, and especially to face of God. It was yet twenty days till the great folk-moat should be holden, and to Hallface the time seemed long enough to do somewhat, and he deemed it were good to gather force and fall upon the dusky men in Rosedale, since now they had gotten men who could lead them the nighest way, and by the safest passes, and who knew all the ways of the foemen. But to Stoneface this reed seemed not so good, for they would have to go and come back, and fight and conquer, in less time than twenty days, or be belated of the folk-moat, and meanwhile much might happen. "'For,' said Stoneface, "'we may deem the fighting men of Rosedale to be little less than one thousand, and however we fall on them, even if it be unawares at first, they shall fight stubbornly.' so that we may not send against them many less than they be, and that shall strip Burgdale of its fighting men, so that whatever befalls, we that be left shall have to bide at home. Now was face of God of the same mind as Stoneface, and he said, moreover, When we go to Rosedale, we must abide there a while, unless we be overthrown. For if ye conquer it and come away at once, presently shall the tidings come to the ears of the dusky men in Silverdale, and they shall join themselves to those of Rosedale who have fled before you, and between them they shall destroy the unhappy people therein. For ye cannot take them all away with you, and that shall they do all the more now when they look to have new thralls in Burgdale, both men and women. And this we may not suffer, but must abide till we have met all our foemen, and have overcome them, so that the poor folk there shall be safe from them till they have learned how to defend their dale. Now my rede is, that we send out the war-arrow at once, up and down the dale, and to the shepherds and woodlanders, and appoint a day for the muster and weapon-show of all our folk, and that day to be the day before the spring market, that is to say, four days before the great folk-moat, and that meantime we keep sure watch about the border of the wood, and now and again scour the wood, so as to clear the dale of their wandering bands. Yes, said Hallface, and I pray thee, brother, let me have an hundred of men and thy dalloc, and let us go somewhat deep into the wood towards Rosedale, and see what we may come across. For adventure it might be something better than hart or wild swine. Said Face of God, I see no harm therein, if dalloc goeth with thee freely, for I will have no force put on him or any of the runaways. Yet meseemeth it were not ill for thee to find the road to Rosedale for I have it in my mind to send a company thither to give those Rosedale manquellers somewhat to do at home when we fall upon Silverdale. Therefore go find Dalloch, and get thy men together at once, for the sooner thou art gone on thy way the better. But this I bid thee, go no further than three days out, that ye may be back home betides. At this word Hallface's eyes gleamed with joy, and he went out from the hall straightway and sought Dalloch, and found him at the gate. Ironface had given him a new sword, a good one, and had bidden him call it Thicket Clearer, 
and he would not leave it any moment of the day or night but would lay it under his pillow at night as a child does with a new toy and now he was leaning against a buttress and drawing the said sword half out of the scabbard and poring over its blade which was indeed fair enough being wrought with dark grey waving lines like the eddies of the weltering water so hallface greeted him and smiled and said guest if thou wilt thou mayst take that new blade of my father's work which thou lovest so a journey which shall rejoice it yea said dalloc i suppose thou wouldst fare on thy brother's footsteps and deemest that i am the man to lead thee on the road and even farther than he went and though it might be thought by some that i have seen enough of rosedale and the parts thereabout for one while yet will i go with thee for now i am a man again body and soul and therewith he drew thicket clearer right out of his sheath and waved him in the air and hallface was glad of him and said he was well apaid of his help so they went away together to gather men and on the morrow hallface departed and went into the wildwood with dalloc and an hundred and two score men but as for face of god he fared up and down the dale following the war arrow and went into all houses and talked with the folk both young and old men and women and told them closely all that had betid and all that was like to be tied and he was well pleased with that which he saw and heard for all took his words well and were not afeard or dismayed by the tidings and he saw that they would not hang aback meantime the days wore and hallface came not back till the seventh day and he brought with him twelve more runaways of whom five were women but he had lost four men and had with him dalloc and five others of the dalesmen borne upon litters sore hurt and this was his story they got to the burg of the runaways on the forenoon of the third day and thereby came on five carls of the runaways men who had missed meeting dalloc that other day but knew what had been done for one of them had been sick and could not come with him and he had told the others so now they were hanging about the burg of the runaways hoping somewhat that he might come again and they met the burgdalers full of joy and brought them trouts that they had caught in the river as for the other runaways namely five women and two more carls they had gotten them close to the entrance into silverdale where by night and cloud they came upon encampments of the dusky men who were leading home these seven poor wretches runaways whom they had caught that they might slay them most evilly in rosestead so hallface fell on the dusky men and delivered their captives but slew not all the foe and they that fled brought pursuers on them who came up with them the next day so near was rosedale though they made all diligence homeward the burgdalers must needs turn and fight with those pursuers and at last they drave them aback so that they might go on their ways home they let not the grass grow beneath their feet thereafter till they were assured by meeting a band of the woodlanders who had gone forth to help them and with whom they rested a little but neither so were they quite done with the foemen who came upon them next day a very many these however they and the woodlanders who were all fresh and unwounded and very valiant speedily put to the worse and so they came on to burgstead leaving those of them who were the sorest hurt to be tended by the woodlanders at carlstead who as it might be looked for dealt with them very lovingly it was in the first fight that they suffered that loss of slain and wounded and therein 
the newly delivered thralls fought valiantly against their masters as for dalloc it was no marvel said hallface that he was hurt but rather a marvel that he was not slain so little he recked of point and edge as if he might but slay the foemen such was hallface's tale and face of god deemed that he had done unwisely to let him go that journey for the slaying of a few dusky men was but a light gain to set against the loss of so many burgdalers yet he was glad of the deliverance of those runaways and deemed it a gain indeed but henceforth would he hold all still till he should have tidings of folk might so nought was done thereafter save the warding of the dale from the country of the shepherds to the waste above the eastern passes but face of god himself went up amongst the shepherds and abode with a good man hight hound under greenbury who gathered to him the folk from the countryside and they went up unto greenbury and sat in the green grass while he spoke with them and told them as he had told the others what had been done and what should be done and they heard him gladly and he deemed that there would be no blenching in them for they were all in one tale to live and die with their friends of burgdale and they said that they would have no other word save that to bear to the great folk moat so he went away well pleased and he fared on thence to the woodlanders and guested at the house of a valiant man hight wargrove who on the morrow morn called the folk together to a green lawn of the wildwood so that there was scarce a soul of them that was not there there he laid the whole matter before them and if the dalesmen had been merry and ready and the shepherds stout-hearted and friendly yet were the woodlanders more eager still so that every hour seemed long to them till they stood in their war-gear and they told him that now at last was the hour drawing nigh which they had dreamed of but had scarce dares to hope for when the lost way should be found and the crooked made straight and that which had been broken should be mended that their meat and drink and sleeping and waking and all that they did were now become to them but the means of living till the day was come whereon the two remnants of the children of the wolf should meet and become one folk to live or die together then went face of god back to burgstead again and as he stood anigh the thingstead once more and looked down on the dale as he had beheld it last autumn he bethought him that with all that had been done and all that had been promised the earth was clearing of her trouble and that now there was naught betwixt him and the happy days of life which the dale should give to the dwellers therein save the gathering hosts of the battlefield and the day when the last word should be spoken and the first stroke smitten so he went down on to the portway well content thereafter till the day of the weapon show there is naught to tell of save that dalloc and the other wounded men began to grow whole again and all men sat at home or went on the woodland ward expecting great tidings after the holding of the folk moat chapter thirty